Welcome to the Fantasy Inferno, a redraft fantasy football show on the Roto Heat Network. This show airs live on Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. Thank you for catching up here. Now here are your hosts, Cody Woodman and myself, Shane Barrett. Enjoy. What's going on? Welcome back to your Wednesday live stream. We got the Fantasy Inferno Wednesday. Obviously, redraft is what we're talking. Weekly show. If you've been here before, you know what the score is. Join with me again, my co-host Shane. Shane, how you doing? Shane Barrett. Man, I am good. Cody, we were talking sales as uh, kicking our butt, so it is nice to hop off of work and uh, come chat some football with you guys. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. All the sales peeps out there know what we're talking about. Absolutely. The road warriors, it's it's a life. It's a vibe, some would say. So yeah, it is what it is. It it pays the bills. Join with us this week. We have Al Callow. I hope I'm saying your last name correctly. At Callow underscore FF. So if you want to go ahead, tell the people who you are and what you're all about. What's up, boys? Appreciate you having me. I'm excited to talk some ball. You can check me out. I'm at rotoballer.com now. I'm doing... A lot with the Raiders covering the team for the site this season. A lot of outlooks and a lot of recaps. Then just hitting some quick hit articles. And you can catch me right at this at on Twitter. And that's where I do most of my complaining about my teams, celebrating my teams, and complaining about coaching. So talking, speaking of complaining about our teams, your teams, you hear if you started 0-2. Luckily for myself, I don't have any 0-2 teams. I got some 1-3, oh, 1-1 type of teams. I have one 2-0 team, so I started okay. Shane, how you doing? Are you got any 0-2 teams to talk about? I have a handful of 0-2 teams. Some of those are intentional rebuilds. Others, I'm like, what in the world happened? Yeah, those ones in Dynasty are what they are. It is what yeah. it is. You're hoping to lose every game in those ones. Yeah, for stay sure. The, stay the course. <laughs> Al, I, I know you got a couple as well. How are those teams looking? Yeah, I'm looking pretty good in Dynasty, but I have a couple 0-2s in redrafts, and I'm sure we'll talk about it, but they could be looking worse roster-wise. I don't have, I'm not completely gone with confidence yet, but. Sounds good. Let's get into it then. We got some hot tips for teams that started 0-2. Hopefully we can get you back on track. Shane, I think we're going to start with you. What do you got for your first tip for 0-2 teams? Yeah, let's get after it. So obviously I've got a dynasty kind of background, but I'm in a ton of redraft leagues too. And right now we're in redraft season, even if it's dynasty. So one of my favorite things to do is trade. And if you are 0-2, you need to trade. I think the ultimate goal behind this is going and finding players that you either value more than other people and are willing to spend up or improve your team with. Uh, and use whatever you can to get those get better players on your team because obviously you're 0 and 2 your your players aren't meeting the standard that you need to actually win so the best way to do that is switch it up get new players yeah definitely again you want to find that value right you don't want to just make a trade to make a trade you want to find some value you want to stick with again it's your draft strategy and I'll touch on that with my first hot tip in a second here you want to you want to stick to your strategy stick to the players they thought would have value more value than other people saw a guy for me, we've talked about a lot, Shane Christian Kirk. That's a guy yeah. that I saw a lot of value in. We're seeing it come to fruition. So guys like that, that you can hopefully pick off and and add value to your team. Al, what do you think about that tip from Shane? Obviously, trading is fun. Yeah, I love it. And 
it's one of mine too. So based off that, you want to start targeting guys that can help you right away a little bit more than you would if you were one and one or obviously two and oh. So while you want to build your roster of guys that can help you now and guys that you think might pop in the future, you really just want to focus on getting a win and getting back to the median in the league. So you want to focus on different types of players in that circumstance. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, again, finding value, right? Finding value where others don't see it. That's what's the biggest difference between consistent winning fantasy managers and the guys that are just there for fun is finding value where others don't see it. I say it all the time. I've said it, I think every single week, points are points. I don't care where they come from. I really don't. I don't care what the player's name is. If they're producing, they're in my lineup. Points are points. The most points wins the game. And that's all you really have to focus on. So Again, scour that waiver wire, take a look at trade options, guys that people might be giving up on, things like that. And you can pick off some value, hopefully. Piggy, not piggybacking off that, but contrarian to that, my first tip is don't panic. Yeah, absolutely. Don't do anything. <laughs> so maybe not don't do anything, but take a look at your roster. Again, you're probably going to get some owners, some 2-0 and guys, some strong 1-1 and teams. There's chum in the water. They're going to they're gonna see blood. They're going to see weakness in your team and weakness, test your weakness and your resolve as a fantasy owner. So they're going to send you some junk trades. They're going to try to pick off your gems, your first round picks. That's not something that you want to be doing. Unless you've had a major injury, if you were in the deeper league, I myself, I'm in a 16-team league. I had Trey Lance as my number one quarterback. But it is what it is. I, that hurts. I did have a little contingency plan and drafted a couple other quarterbacks. I have Matt Ryan and Davis Mills on my roster as well. Hey, they're my contingency plan. What do you want from me? Yeah, now I'm Matt Ryan and Davis Mills. I like Mills, but Ryan... Yeah. <laughs> hey, Matt Ryan started for me week one and got me the win. I had contingency plans in place. And I did what I had to do. I paid all my fab for Jimmy Garoppolo. Obviously, it's a different setting. Most, If it's a 12-team league, I'm not doing something like that. But obviously, a 16-team league. I had to do what I had to do to stay afloat. I got a good roster. So again, I had to do what I had to do. So Trey Lance, maybe a guy like Elijah Mitchell. If you had a guy like that in your lineup, there was your QB1, your RB1, something like that, then you might have to make a move. And that's the reason why you're 0-2. But if you don't have guys like that, then you know stick to your strategy. You're still going off of your draft strategy. And hopefully that's going to continue to make sense for your team. You should still like your team as long as, again, you don't have those guys. You don't have those injuries. You should still like the looks and the makeup of your squad. So stay the course. Don't panic. Don't make trades. Scour the waiver wire and try to pick off, again, value. It's all about finding value. Al, what do you think? My hot tip there, don't do anything, don't panic. I like it a lot. I actually have written in my notes that 0-2 is a time where you start to panic, but it's really not that big of a deal. When you think of it in the grand scheme of things, if you were three and five, like it's still two games back, it's just that zero that really scares people. The fact that they may feel like they'll never get a win. But yeah, like you said, you got to just diagnose the roster and don't treat it like, oh no, I'm 0-2. You got to really look at your team and say, this might not be an 0-2 team based on the players that I have. Yeah, either be honest with yourself or just pump the brakes and take it easy. Shane, what are you or, thinking? I was going to say to piggyback off of what you said there, Al, and your main point, Cody, you could have faced the two highest scoring teams in the league. And you could have been third both weeks. Don't freak out if that's the case. Like, you'll be fine. This game is a fickle bitch. Sometimes it is all luck. And so I love this point. 
Yeah, stay the course. A lot of times, stay the course, try to find some value. I always say, I always suggest to a lot of people, if you don't do this, hopefully you do already, but use resources that are out there. Sites like I, I use football guys for snap counts. So I'm picking off guys that are in three wide receiver sets. Maybe they're playing 60, 70% of the snaps. So I know that the opportunities potentially will be there. Look at your waiver wire, see if any of those guys are on there. I use FTN Fantasy. I look for Air Yards, ADOT, things like that. Those big play potential guys that might still be on your waiver wire that you can pick off and start a pinch and hopefully they break out. Again, if you have those injuries or guys just aren't producing at the, the clip that you drafted them to. But that's my biggest tip is don't panic. Take a look at what you have on the waiver wire. Take a look at your roster and you be honest with yourself one way or the other. If you're honest with yourself and you're like, man, you like Shane said, I played the two highest scoring teams. What am I going to, I can't do anything about that. It is what it is. He played Lamar Jackson or sorry, maybe Josh Allen in week one and Tua in week two. Yeah, sweet. <laughs> I'm 0-2. It is what it is. There's not really much you could do about that. Or be honest with your team and maybe you drafted Trey Lance and Elijah Mitchell or something like that. I don't know. The guys that are floundering and they're not really working out and you might yeah. make a trade. All um, of the Bears offense. Sorry. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I played Stefan Diggs in five of my leagues last. Oh, God. Last what are you going to do? do? Exactly. Yeah. I was up like a lot in yeah. a couple, or, and I felt rather comfortable. And then thank God the Eagles played weirdly at the same time <laughs> because I turned that game off and I said, I love Stefan Diggs, but I can't watch him crush me anymore at this point. But yeah. yeah, exactly. Like you said, sometimes you can't play defense in this game. So it's always good to remember that. Yeah. 100%. What do you got for, for a tip out there, Al? So I have a couple, but I did hear you say to go after the waiver pretty aggressive. And that's one of the things that I have at this point, when you're looking at one and four, oh, and two, oh, and three, as you get to that point with just the bad luck, you do want to try to buy yourself win. And that goes for every position. If you have an injured quarterback, like you said, and you have some streamers, you want to go for a guy that has the best matchup. You want to go for a guy that's playing against another good offense and they're going to be throwing the ball. You want to look at things like that and you really want to go aggressive. I wouldn't worry about saving fab, saving waiver priorities when you're 0-2. It's, you can figure that out as you go, but you got to get back to the point where you can actually worry about your fab because if you're 0-4, you're in the gutter, your $70 in fab that you saved is not really going to help you at this point. It's so, worthless. Yeah. yeah. So that always be aggressive. hundred uh, percent. That. That's something I was going to touch on. If you didn't, there's your fab is it's like money when you die, you can't take it with yeah. you at the end Correct. of the season. And there's going to be every year. Elijah Mitchell was a guy last year. You know, he was worth spending all $100, whatever, $200, whatever your fab is. He was worth spending every penny on it. And again, for me, I said earlier, I lost Trey Lance. I went out and spent every penny I had on Jimmy Garoppolo. I did what I had to do. It's not sexy, but you know, it's going to hopefully keep my team afloat and hopefully keep my, my, what was a playoff team, in my opinion, it's going to hopefully keep me a playoff team and hopefully I, I do make the playoffs. So there, there will be some running back injuries. If you're still sitting there and you're 0 and 2 and you have a hundred dollars worth left of fab, be aware of the next injury, especially at places like running back. Maybe if it's a wide receiver, but usually running back is the place to go. Spend every penny you got, man. You can't take it with yeah. you. Once the season's over, it's gone. Who cares if you overpaid? I Again, I paid $100 on Jimmy Garoppolo. You know what the second place bid was? Zero. $41. I could have saved. Zero, they hurt a little bit, but I hear what you're But that's never going to happen. Zero dollars. But but yeah, $41. So I could have saved 58 bucks if I had put the, the right bid in or whatever it is. But 
I don't care. I'm not taking that chance. I'm going to, I'm going to do what I have to do to get the guy that I perceive as being a need on my team. And I'm going to take it from there. I'm not worried about spending my fab. Shane, I know you agree. So what do you got anything to add to that? Yeah. So I'll actually jump into my second tip too, because it, it piggybacks off of this. Pay attention to who's dropped because there are times where players get dropped. Like in my work league, for example, I have Matthew Stafford as my quarterback. I don't necessarily need another quarterback, but somebody dropped Dak Prescott. I'm going to go. I went and put in a bid and got Dak Prescott because then I've got the luxury of playing matchups in, in quarterback, even though it's a one QB league. I know that's not recommended, but I've got that luxury when Dak comes back. And so pay attention to things like that. Say someone drops a start, like someone drops Cedric Wilson, not a sexy name, but someone who I think has flex value going throughout the season. Go and pick in, a lot of home, in a lot of home leagues, you're going to see guys drop like Elijah Moore and yeah. like people like that. You're going to see guys just get fed up and start dropping people that exactly. were prepared to jump on at that point. Some people just don't look at the circumstances. They only look at the end result. And that's what you got to pay attention to for that point specifically. So I really like that one. And I didn't even think about it at being 0-2. Yeah, yeah it, it goes hand in hand with my don't panic tip. That's kind of part of it. Don't be the guy that drops Dak Prescott. Don't be the guy that drops Elijah Moore, Elijah Mitchell, whatever it is. Don't be that guy. And Shane, I'm sure you fired him straight into your IR. and He's going to sit there. Exactly. So you you right. wasted nothing. It's yeah, exactly. Spot, right. So you lose nothing. You put him straight into your IR. And then when he comes back, you're going to mix match for the playoffs, Matt Stafford and uh, Dak Prescott, which is a pretty nice little streaming tandem right there for your fantasy playoffs. And again, you lost nothing. You still have an open roster spot to go out and grab a wide receiver, running back, whatever it is. Yeah, absolutely. Pay attention to who guys are getting impatient with because every year that happens. And we've probably all been guilty of it ourselves even. You get a little yeah. impatient, a little, you don't like what you did. You're scared of missing out on that waiver guy. So you might drop the wrong guy, but it is what it is. But that's a great point. Pay attention to who's being dropped and uh, potentially swoop in there and get yourself some value. We'll hit it again. It's always going to be about, even if it's perceived value, right? Even if it's in your own head, even if it's your own perceived value, I don't care. As long as you have conviction and you think that there's value there, stick to it. Listen to channels like this. And if we confirm it, great. If not, maybe we're wrong because... People are always wrong. What do you got for another tip there, Al? Uh, A couple other ones that I have go along with the trade talks, but one of them that I really like to do, and I try to do this in every league, is capitalize on any depth pieces that I might have. For an 0-2 team, you want to mix and match your starting lineup, but you really want difference makers and impact players for the next one to two weeks at this point. If you can target a guy like you noted before, Cody, people want to try to take your first or second round pick. You should be actually scouring other teams for those type of players. Maybe not that high, but you want impact guys that are getting volume over the next couple of weeks. But you want to package some sell high guys that you might have where, like we said, even if you're just running into bad circumstance, you need wins now. So you want to try to package some sell high guys and go after real difference makers that you can put right into your starting lineup if you do have a bench that's just not helping you out right now. Yeah, I'll agree with that to a point because I actually had another, that's my other hot tip on, on us. it is on trading. Obviously, that's going to be a tip for everyone is trading. That is trading's fun. It's a way to improve your team, that kind of a thing. So I will agree, but we had a question last week. I think it was Shane where a guy had Cooper Cup and Devontae Adams and he was thinking about yeah. trading one for a running back. No, 
why why would you get rid of points for maybe points right there's no point in doing that again look at your total overall points i don't care where they come from i don't care if you're getting five to eight from your running back position if you're getting 50 east yeah 50 to 60 from two wide receivers right there's no point in trading one of those guys away for a running back you don't want to thin yourself out for perceived value and perceived depth when realistically you already have the depth just piece it together with those other positions yeah where i do agree on the sell high and and the trading again to add value right now it's the tight end position and it's Kyle Pitts is a name that we can't avoid talking about. Obviously, there's still a lot of people that are going to believe in Kyle Pitts. I personally didn't coming into the season, not because I don't believe in Kyle Pitts. I think he's obviously a phenomenal talent. It's Marcus Mariota as the quarterback for the Falcons. We're seeing Drake London's doing okay, but he's not getting double covered like Kyle Pitts is. Obviously, the league figured out that he's pretty good <laughs> and we should double cover him. So, a guy like Kyle Pitts is a guy that I'm looking at a 2-0 and team, a strong 1-0 and team that might have a weaker tight end. And I say, hey, you want to complete your roster? I got Kyle Pitts. He's going to be what he's going to be. I probably drafted him in the third, fourth round, something like that. Again, I wouldn't have done it with my draft strategy, but you're playing the hand you're dealt. So it is what it is. Look to package, sorry, get a package for a guy like Kyle Pitts. Get yourself a wide receiver, a running back, maybe both and a tight end back. There's a lot of tight ends out there that are averaging 10 points per game. You got a guy like, a guy that I'm, I'll throw a few names out there. Tyler Higby is a guy that's getting targeted through the moon right now. He's on the field, he's attached to a high-powered offense, and he's averaging 10, 10 fantasy points per game. And there's perceived value there because, again, he's getting targeted 9 and 11 times, I think, in the first two weeks. Yeah, that's again, right. Averaging 10 points a game. You take a guy like Kyle Pitts, you package him for Tyler Higby and maybe a guy like A.J. Dillon or a guy like Drake London or, yeah. I don't know, another position player, right? And maybe two, a wide receiver and a running back, something like that, where your total points, you're looking for a net positive. That's all you're trying to do is look for a net positive in points. And two other guys I'd be trading, again, tight ends, Travis Kelsey and, uh, and Mark Andrews. If I'm 0-2, I'm trading those guys because I have to. They're both averaging 18 points per game each. You take those one of those guys, you package them for, again, a guy like Tyler Higby and a guy like maybe Drake Martin. You for the on those guys. Yeah, you can. You can. But that's, to me, that's not a, that's not a sound trade unless your roster is. So even if I am 2-0, I'm probably not doing that, especially not yet. I might do it if I'm seven, eight weeks into the season where I know what I have and I have the depth to spare. You might not quite know that yet at 2-0, and o, but there's lots of people that will make that trade and you can shoot for the moon. So you can get a guy, I don't know, yeah, let's call it Clyde Edwards-Alaire and a guy like maybe Amon Ra. I don't know if you get both of these guys. If you're, but, great, you're saying if you're trading Mark Andrews or Kelsey? Yeah, that's. I completely agree with you. You should be looking at a top 10 player at a position, probably top eight if you're trying plus. Yeah, Andrews or Kelsey. Yep, and I'm totally with you on that. If you want to bolster, but it's got to be a clear-cut top guy for one of those. So yeah, I'm totally with you. Yeah, yeah. Shane, you got anything to add before I rant some more? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, a a tight end target that I would be going after too would be Gerald Everett. So go trade Kyle Pitts, Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews for Gerald Everett and somebody that's a top 12, top 15 option 
at their position to help bolster that part of your roster. And then the other thing that Al actually gave me that I wanted to piggyback off what he said and what you said earlier, Cody, is be a shark. You're 0-2. You want to be aggressive like you guys were saying. Go scour other 0-2 teams or 1-1 teams that just got their ass kicked by Tua Tungavailoa or Lamar Jackson in Week 2. Go look at those teams and make trade offers to them. Yeah, like I said, there's chum in the water. There's sharks swimming, exactly. so you, you might as well be a shark too. You might as well put your pretend fin on because you're not one yet. But you <laughs> might be able to take some, take advantage of some of those teams because, like I said, yeah, there's chum in the water. People are going to perceive weakness. So yeah, a guy that I've been hyping up since day one, Christian Kirk. That's a guy that you could maybe get Christian yeah. Kirk and Gerald Everett, like who that. probably would have been picked up. Well, quite recently off the waiver wire, Gerald Everett. So it's, you can sell that to whoever the other owner is. Hey, man, you just pick this guy up off the waiver wire. I'm trading you Travis Kelsey. You got to give me someone like maybe Almond Raw with them, something like that, where you can get, again, it's always about looking for a net positive. That's all you want to do with these trade offers and with completing these trades. Look for a net positive in your starting roster. You're trading a Travis Kelsey, a Mark Andrews. That's 18 points per game is where they're sitting right now. They'll probably be around there towards the end of the season. That's probably right around where they'll finish. So if you can get a net total of, call it, 30 points between your tight end and the wide receiver that you trade for, then you're laughing. Obviously, yeah, formats may change, Shane, if that's what you're looking at. And formats may be different. I'm just throwing numbers out there because I'm looking at my own league. But <laughs> yeah, no, it sounds about right. One of my favorite targets actually while we're on that, and I think you can get him in a package right now is Dallas. I think he's just going to be a really steady and he's going to hover around top five tight ends this whole season. But that might sound like a home. I'm going to cover this up. It might be <laughs> but I'm just telling you, in watching him, this guy looks so good. And as teams start to focus on A.J. Brown and really respect the passing game for the Eagles, which they're going to start having too soon, he's going to be the safety blanket. And he has big playability for a tight end. So he's one of my favorite just targets in general. But with what Cody's saying exactly, if you're going to move one of the big name tight ends, I think you can almost steal him at this point before he has a pop game. Yeah, because he's kind of big name. He kind of popped off last week. He had, what, was it six, five or six catches? He had 13 points in PPR, and he actually yeah. played way better. He had three catches nullified by like a penalty that mm-hmm. were just weird. It was like very weird penalties. And he's also like a tackle breaker, and you just don't see that at the tight end position. You want to look at guys that do show the potential ceiling of the big names. And then, like you said, you can just get a really steady wide receiver or running back alongside of a guy that has the same type of potential. Yeah. Goddard's got a bit of a glass chin, if anyone knows about his bar fighting record. But <laughs> beyond that, he's good at football. So I'll agree with that. <laughs> I forgot about that. Thank you, uh, Cody. People always do. Actually, I'll never forget no, Google Dallas Goddard bar fight, maybe something like that. There's a, yeah, he was in North, North Dakota. I think he was in North Dakota visiting Carson Wentz or something like that, maybe. But he was in some bar in, yeah, North Dakota or some state like that. And he got, yeah, he was talking when he should have been listening and it didn't, it didn't end well for him. So <laughs> check it out. It's worth a watch. You got, you, you got show a guy that you're thing. trying to get. Yeah, the guy that you're trying to get Goddard. Send <laughs> him that video. Send him that video. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you really want this softy on your team? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, guys like that, like we've been touching on, is just perceived value, net positive, and total points. Because that's what wins football games in the fantasy community. Who's got some more hot takes? I Shane. think you're up, buddy. Yeah, that, 
That was my second one. I only had two, the don't panic okay. and the trade targets. I got a couple of players that I have in mind for trade targets as well. And potentially, depending on your league structure and how deep it is, they could be on your waiver wire. I don't think all of these guys will be, but I have some targets. I always like to give some nuggets of players to look for and yeah. reasons why. But if anyone has any more tips for own two teams, let her rip. Al, do you got any more? One of the things that I had down, written down, which I think we'll probably talk about when we talk about trade targets, but just to get in what types of players they are, is to not be afraid that when we're talking about these packages, when we're talking about our current status of our roster, don't be afraid to move off some guys that may take a little longer to get going, like rookies that people are expecting to pop. You can look at 2-0 teams that have the capacity to acquire some of these guys and just get more of an impact type player that can help you in the short term if these guys aren't going to really help you in your starting lineup while you're trying to catch up. Yeah, 100%. Guys like Breeze Hall, it's time to it's time to cut bait with a guy like Breeze Hall if you're 0-2. Now's the best time to trade him to a team that's 2-0, something like that. A guy that's not I got a question for both of you. Shoot. James Cook, are we straight cutting him at this point it's getting there for me it's starting to get yeah. there i have him in a few leagues i'm gonna hang on a little bit longer but he's another one of those guys and i talk about it all the time shane this it's trying to get out ahead of injuries if, if there is an injury to to devin singletary or zach moss then i think james cook obviously gets a bump and he just has that value anyways as a ppr option the leagues i'm talking about are ppr leagues so i'm not there yet but it's starting to look like it's time to cut. I agree. I agree. It's all based on your roster. If you have a large, a deeper bench or whatnot, I, I do want to keep him because I mean, it's pretty like abundantly clear that they don't want to use Singletary as much as I think they should. And Zach Moss, I don't know how he's not going to play his way out of the rotation at some point, but I just want the Bills to realize that James Cook is a player that that offense can utilize on the outside. And they could easily scheme him up in the way that they throw the ball and get the ball out quick. So I do have faith that they will use him at some point down the road. But this is a perfect type of guy that I'm talking about right now as far as rookies and those types of targets. And I'm sure that's why you brought him up, Shane. Yeah. If you can throw him in to sweeten a deal or anything like that, like I'm totally fine with doing that. Okay. Um, because you just can't wait if you're zero and two for these types of players. But yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'll, I'll I ask is like, yeah, yeah. I've actually got. I think I have him on a two and O team, and I'm he's just sitting there on my bench, and I'm like, what do I do with you? I need to go add players off the waiver wire, but I don't want to cut you yet. <laughs> yeah, and it's hard to trade him because no one wants you. You're gonna like you said, throw him in, but guys that are gonna be taking him on, it's what am I gonna do? Drop, yeah. <laughs> drop a guy that I want to have on my roster for this. That makes this you keep him a thing. So he's gonna yeah. he's gonna get to the point where you just have to cut bait and drop him. I think, and again, look for a guy on the waiver wire that's gonna help your team potentially. I don't. The reason I'm not quite there yet is bye weeks haven't started. Once bye weeks start, it's going to be tough to have that roster spot taken up by a guy that's just not getting touches. So I think you got a week or two left to see what happens because the talent's there. Anytime he touches the ball, he can take it to the crib. Like he, he has all the talent in the world. I really like James Cook as a player, but if he's just not getting targeted, if he's not getting the opportunity, then it is what it is. You got to cut bait with a guy like that. But a guy that you could trade, a trade-away guy, like I said, Breeze Hall, you can't wait on that guy. You can't hope that he's going to get the lion's share of the targets and the carries and all that kind of stuff. You got to cut bait, make a trade, get some value on your team, get a guy that's going to produce. If you could make a trade for Breeze Hall for Cream Hunt, I don't know if that's doable, maybe not, depending on the owner. 
right? Obviously, Kareem Hunt had a big pop-off game in week one, slowed, came back down to earth a little bit in week two. But I think overall, you're going to get more points and more value out of Kareem Hunt than you are from Breeze Hall, right? Yeah. Especially in the immediate future. So that's the kind of thing that you can look to do. Again, targets that I look for and reasons why, like I said earlier, use those resources that are out there. They're all free. There's tons of free resources. Football guys, take a look at Snapshare. FTN Fantasy, look at Air Yards and ADOT. So a couple guys that I'm looking at that you could potentially get as throw-ins. So let's say you get Kel- you trade Kelsey for an AJ Dillon and another middling wide receiver, not a guy like Kirk or, or uh, Almond Raw. And then you throw in a guy like Chris Olave. I think Chris yeah. Olave is about to bust out. He's yeah. about to break out for a 30-point game, I swear. he's He leads the league in air yards. It might be a little tougher to get him because he did have 13 targets last week. But you could paint the picture that they were coming back in the game, that sort of thing. And he fumbled. You could paint a picture. So it hurt having those 13 targets. But again, he only had five catches. So you might have to throw your car salesman hat on and wheel and deal for a guy like Chris Olave. But I think he's absolutely about to break out. He leads the league in air yards and ADOT. So he's going to bust out for a two-touchdown, 150-yard game, I think, in the very near future. <laughs> yeah, That's a guy that I'm looking for, absolutely, is Chris Olave. Corey Davis is another guy that I'm looking at. Not a sexy name. Again, it's a throw-in guy, but he's up there in ADOT and air yards as well. He's going to get, he has been getting targeted. He's going to continue to get targeted reasonably. Look at a guy like Jahan Dotson. His value is through the roof right now, but he only has 10 targets total. Right. But his value is through the roof. So you look at a guy like Corey Davis and another unsexy name is DJ Chark. Same reasons as dot and his air yards. There was a big play last week where he was just outside of his uh, out of his reach. He only got targeted four times. They all came in the first half and then it, the game just changed for the Lions. But he has that big play potential. So that's what you're looking for is guys that can make startable with one catch. A guy like Quez Watkins, even though I don't recommend picking him up and I don't recommend playing him, but a guy plays like that and production like he had last night. Obviously, Alex, all about that last night or two nights ago, whatever it was. There you go. Yeah. What do you guys think about those couple names that that I threw out there? Shane, what do you think? Man, I love all three of them, honestly. You said it yourself. Corey Davis is not a sexy name, but... I think he's still got some flex appeal, and especially if he is leading in air yards and ADOT, he's going to have a game where he connects more than he has been and blows up. I absolutely love your call, Chris Olave. Completely 100% agree. tried to draft a lot of him, have him sitting on a bench right now, and I'm like, I'm going to hold him until he pops, and then I'm going to probably capitalize on him. But I completely agree. I see 150 yards, two touchdown game coming very soon for him. And then DJ Chark's a guy that, again, not sexy, but I think he's undervalued because he just disappointed in Jacksonville. And he's not, he doesn't have a great quarterback this year, but he's going to have those games where he gets you 16 points because he has four catches for 100 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. And another reason I brought up those two guys, I forgot to mention Corey Davis and DJ Chark specifically, was both those guys play on teams where their defense is not very good. Yeah, they're look at the game script for the Lions in the first two weeks. The game script for the Jets in the first two weeks. They're throwing the ball. They're airing it out. Joe Flacco's like the number eight quarterback right now. The Jets have thrown like (laughs) 105 passes. They've thrown 105 passes. And that's all you're looking for at the for a wide receiver. So these names might not be sexy, but they're awesome throw-in pieces. 
where guys aren't going to, they're not going to give up a crazy amount or sorry, they're not going to command a crazy amount from you. They'll be willing to throw them in. Maybe not Chris Olave. Again, those 13 targets muddied that, but you know, someone's just looking at the stat line at looking at the box score and they see only five catches. Well, I mean, five catches is pretty good, but you know what I mean? You might be able to pick those guys off. And Chris Olave is a guy that if you do want to trade for it, you need to do it right now. Because it, it could be next week where he pops off for this game. And I know it's coming. It's going to happen. It's only a matter of time. Those are some names that I'm looking at. Those are all wide receivers, obviously. There's some running backs out there that you can people are, people look to scoop up as well. People are going to start to drop DJ Chark too. So he's one, of, he's one of the guys that Shane was talking about. See who people dropped because he had a goose egg. But if you watch that game, he was getting targeted downfield every single time. They just missed. And I don't expect that to happen. I do expect him to command more targets in general because i do think he is a good player i actually have him everywhere so that's a good name to bring up but yeah i just wanted to point out that you might see him drop so yeah i mean you can get him for super cheap you may be able to swap him straight up for james cook like we said before yeah. at this point even um, in a he's coming off a of goose 100 percent. even in a 16 team league i picked up a Corey davis last week yeah, so these all guys are exceptionally cheap and they shouldn't be. And like I said, and maybe these aren't going to be the guys moving forward. The names will change, but take a look at those free resources and uh, look at those are two things that I look at when I'm looking for, uh, again, a, a perceived value guy. I'm looking at ADOT and Air Yards because they're big play potential. And you can set a minimum. I set a minimum for six total targets. It's two weeks into the season, plus three targets a game. They pop off for one. There you go. So yeah. Yeah, you can use these resources to pick off, again, that perceived value, add total points to your team and to your bench. And the sky's the limit with those guys, especially a guy like Chris Olave. I actually tweet like literally once a week. I just randomly tweet like, today's a great day to go trade for Chris Olave. And like before I was like, today's a great day to draft Chris Olave because I just, I love that player. And yeah. I just think he fits in that offense so perfectly for his skill set. Um, yep. So obviously rookies just take a little bit pretty much all the time. So I think that's a perfect name to throw out there. And especially like you said, people aren't going to treat him as if you have to give up the world for him. Um, yep. So even in a package, that's a perfect name. Absolutely. He wasn't my wide receiver one, but he was my favorite wide receiver coming into this draft. He was my wide receiver three in yep. the trans for transparency. So too. higher than a lot of people had. Yeah. Most people had him at five, six. Things yeah. like that. I love Chris Olave as a player. I thought he was smartest, best route runner, and he had some other intangibles that I really like. So yep. yeah, that's definitely a guy that's high on my list as of rookie wide receivers. I like it. So well, let's move on to some questions. We'll keep it relatively Hold short. Your here. I got, got one. I got one more tip, uh, and it, it's tongue in cheek, but there's a little seriousness to it too. Switch up your lineup. So I know that probably sounds super, super basic, but sometimes I get into the habit of sticking with the same guys or hoping that one guy, Cole Komet, for example, is a guy that's going to finally have his game and be what I drafted him for. Be willing to make the changes within your lineup to, to get those players out. And then the tongue-in-cheek part is, let's say someone like Allen Robinson, I know that's your favorite player, Cody, <laughs> has a bad game. Move him from your starting wide receiver position to your flex position. Bench him, essentially. Demote him. That's the tongue-in-cheek part. But seriously, be willing to switch up your guys. Move people from the bench into your starting lineup that have had semi-decent games or like we've been talking about, have the potential to go off and expand what you can score each week. Yeah, I, 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 I started. Go ahead, Al. Go ahead. 
Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I think good. it's important to really look at why. Yeah. I know you want to give people time, but if these guys aren't producing, it's important to look at why. So like Alan Robinson, since you brought it up, I mean, we knew that he was going to get involved in this Rams offense. So just for one example, that's someone you want to see some patience with. But if you're seeing like route participation go down and like Cody said, you want to look at these types of numbers and these statistics, if you're seeing people just fall, like players just fall out of favor in their offenses and whatnot, then that's what you want to look at. And that's where you want to move on in a sense of benching these guys until they get back in favor or they start earning touches or you see the offense develop these guys into the game plan. So like you said, Jane, it's important to move ascending players and descending players based on why they're not producing for your team. Yeah. And check matchups too. I know that's probably also basic, but no. you could have a guy that's typically been a flex player for you, but he's facing the bills. Pull him out. I know it's going to hurt, but his the likelihood of him scoring what he has been is going to significantly decrease depending on the matchup. And you could get someone in there who has an easier matchup or a mid-level matchup that will have a better game simply because he's not facing as hard of a defense. Yeah, it goes hand in hand, like I said earlier, with just being honest with your lineup. It's okay if you're wrong because everybody's wrong. No one drafted the perfect team unless you're the guy that wins the million dollars in best ball. Yeah. Then you just backdoor it into it. You got lucky, but no one realistically drafted the perfect team. And uh, it's fine to be honest with yourself if you're wrong and just be honest with yourself and, and admit it. You made a mistake. I was too high on this guy. I was wrong. Pull him out of your lineup and hopefully you drafted some other depth. A guy that I keep banging the drum about, Christian Kirk, I drafted it as a flex yeah. now he's my wide receiver one sort of a thing yeah. so like you said i moved him a tier or whatever you want i moved him from yeah. my flex to my wide receiver because that's a guy that i'm probably going to start regardless of matchup at this exactly point. yeah yeah go ahead and move your guys around and you can tier them in that way right yeah. that's now your wide receiver one that's now your running back one whatever it is and this guy moves down to my flex spot and what's the next stop the bench. Yep. You, you take it from there. But yeah, that's another good tip that people may not quite think about tiering your own team. Sure. Al, did um, you have any uh, trade targets? I had a few that I wanted to bring up too. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I'll just bring up one for now. Brandon Cooks is one of my favorite trade targets, especially for 0-2 teams because the box score surfers, they'll see that he's not producing very well. So you might be able to get him on the cheap. But if you look at the actual game last week, he was peppered and he had two to three end zone targets that should have like for sure been touchdowns. One was just a dirty route on and out. And it was one of the worst throws I've ever seen by Davis Mills. <laughs> just dirted it. So those are the type of things that I was saying actually before is like, you don't like Brandon Cooks doesn't deserve to be benched. Like you were saying, when you're moving your lineup around, like he's a guy that doesn't deserve to be benched just based on what happened at the end of the box score because you can clearly see, I mean, he's still beating guys and he's there and he's still just a lock on target in the NFL. I mean, he still deserves to be in your starting lineup, like you said. So he's one of my favorites. And, and you just want to focus on guys that are going to consistently get the targets. And he's been doing that for how many years now? Just based on anything we thought about the Texans, they're not good. But the one thing that's consistent is Brandon Cook. So you want to look at consistency. And I think his price is very reasonable, if not too low, and you can get him on the cheap right now. Yeah, volume is king, right? 12 yep. targets last week, 10 targets in week one. So yeah, he's going to be on the field 
90 to 100 percent of the offensive snaps absolutely that's a guy a lot of people were lower on brandon cooks because he plays for the texans but i don't care they're going to be behind in a lot of games they're going to be throwing the ball a lot and i think that play was a fourth down play too where davis mills threw it in the dirt that was like that was a big play it was a third down or fourth down i think i remember watching that game it was was the worst throw i've ever seen (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and then up, there was a fourth down that he actually had another end zone target and he just sailed it on him. And Brandon Cooks actually jumped and made a great catch, but the defender like listed him like out of bounds. So it was like one of those. And I think that was a third or fourth down as well. And I'm just like, he just couldn't buy a touchdown. So those are the type of things that I like to look at, like you were saying. Yeah, if he had a touchdown, then those box score watchers are exactly. just in a different tune. So yep. yeah, absolutely. Shane, what do you got for targets? Yeah, my I'll stick to one too. And he's my favorite by low candidate right now. It's Travis Etienne. I know James Robinson has been beating or at least beat him last week in the snap share. But if you look at game script, the Colts are looking like hot garbage. And at that point, the Jaguars were just running the ball and throwing to Christian Kirk. So this week they play the Chargers and I don't know if their defense can keep up with the Chargers offense. I doubt it because the Chargers are easily one of the best offenses in the league or should be. And I expect them to have to keep up. I think that means Travis Etienne will get targeted more in the passing game. And we're going to see what's closer to his true value. And I, I preach patience on Etienne too, because he missed his entire rookie year. This is basically his rookie year going into game three. I am perfectly fine buying low on Travis Etienne right now because I think his stock will continue to rise as he gets more involved in this game plan. Yeah, that's fair. In a PPR setting, he's borderline a flex start, right? Yeah. Where he's at right now. And he hasn't gotten in the end zone. He hasn't been targeted heavily. He hasn't gotten a lot of run of game script flips and they need to come back. Like what could happen this week? Maybe he gets in the end zone gets a few more touches yeah he could definitely pop off so again like i talked about before it's even if it's perceived value to just you yeah <laughs> no one else is talking about him and you're like man i see a little value here i see it i think i could pick a guy off cheap and get more value than this current owner may see that yep. yeah absolutely stick to your guns and do it so i completely agree and he also dropped two touchdowns flat out yes yeah he dropped one for sure and then he fumbled and then he and then Lawrence airmailed it over. Lawrence airmailed one. I saw the replay of that, and it was like, oh my sweet baby Jesus, Trevor Lawrence is going to want that throwback for the rest of his life. I'm very confident that I could have made that throw. So, <laughs> yeah, like, if, if I'm saying that, then yeah. So, it, but like I said, it's the same thing as Brandon Cooks. I mean, that's why these. This is what you got to look for when you're looking at tar- trade targets. You want to see the steady opportunity that's just missing and capitalize on that, like you said. So I hope his usage does go up, like you said, in the game script. And then it'll be telling this week based on that matchup. Yeah, find value where no one else sees it. That's the key to winning in fantasy football. Yeah, no, we appreciate Al. Thanks for sticking it out with us this long. It usually doesn't go quite this long, but thanks for coming out. We appreciate you coming on. Again, let the people know who you are and where they can find your stuff. Oh yeah, I had a blast. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm I'm on Twitter. I'm on Twitter a lot. Like I said, that's where I do all my complaints and that's where I talk to these guys. So definitely catch me on Twitter at Kalo underscore FF. And I'm over at rotoballer.com now doing a lot of coverage on the Raiders. And I'm going to do hit quick hit articles weekly for what's hot in the NFL. So yeah, you know, it's an ever moving cycle. And we just keep following. That's awesome. Yeah, it's always evolving. It's always moving. It's always changing. There's always stuff to talk about. So yeah, we appreciate you coming on a little longer. Thank you for your time again. Shane, you got anything for the peeps? No, and subscribe. Thanks for all the questions. 
and uh, make sure you guys check out redoheat.com. Thanks, Ari. Avila, appreciate it, man. Yeah, and subscribe. We got the Discord up in the top right corner there. You can get Shane there, me there, add us if you need a hand with anything. You can go in the DMs on Twitter. I'm sure Al's okay with that as well. Oh, yeah. Ask questions in the DMs, hit up the Discord, like and subscribe. Check out the Dynasty show on Tuesdays with Bryce and Leone. We got the, uh, I can never remember the name, the start and sits on Sunday morning before kickoff. That's that's always key. There's some DFS stuff. In Discord, there's channels for everything. Redraft, Discord, bets, DFS, DraftKings, everything. So check it out there. And uh, thanks for hanging out. We'll see you next week.